Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Bridge Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. For eight generations, the Samuels family has distilled American whiskey. Today, Rob Samuels, the grandson of founder Bill Samuels Sr., oversees the operation of the Maker's Mark Distillery. From the soft red winter wheat they've sourced from the same local farm for over 60 years to the char in their barrels, every step in the bourbon-making process is carefully crafted just like Bill Samuels Sr. did when he first created the handmade bourbon. For their excellent spirits and their support of this podcast, SFA thanks Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark crafts their bourbon carefully. Please enjoy it that way. Bluffton, Georgia and Madisonville, Tennessee, those town names mean something to good eaters and smart chefs. Madisonville is home to Alan Benton, curer of what may be the most sought-after ham and bacon in the country. Bluffton is home to Will Harris of White Oak Pastures, where they pasture-raise chickens. Eggs harvested from their humanely raised birds taste kaleidoscopic. Both places are singular. What they do there is unreplicatable. Or so we thought. Until we heard about the Wetzel County, West Virginia ham, bacon, and egg show. Where hams and sides of bacon judged and sold there go for hundreds of dollars a pound. Money from those winning bidders now fuel the next young 4-H phenom. The next generation Will Harris or Alan Benton to make their way. Reporter Corey Nollinger has the story. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. We're your hosts for Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells new and complicated stories about the changing American South. At a 4-H camp in Wetzel County, West Virginia, in the northern panhandle of the state, auctioneers are soliciting bids from a crowd of roughly 100 people. The room looks like a classic bingo hall. There's white walls, harsh fluorescent lighting, but up front, auctioneers decked out in head-to-toe denim sport flashy cowboy hats. They're auctioning off ham, bacon, and eggs. This is the 51st annual Wetzel County Ham, Bacon, and Egg Show. It's an event run by the county's Future Farmers of America program. This isn't your ordinary breakfast fair. The meat and poultry up for auction was raised and butchered by high school students in the county. One of these students is Bailey Fayad. Well, they are now calling me the bacon queen, actually, to be honest. This is the second time Bailey, the bacon queen, has received the highest marks on her bacon. A panel of judges assigns each of the hams, dozens of eggs, and slabs of bacon a rank, from choice 
to Grand Champion. Prime is kind of like a way to go, <laughs> and choice is still pretty good. And then there's your grand and your reserves. So Grand uh, Champion is first place, and Reserve Champion is second place. And I actually received Grand Champion bacon, and I received Prime on my hand this year. The scoring is based on the looks of the product. The judges aren't eating the meat. Some look for fat content, others for appearance or workmanship, some size, but the same hunk of pork could be ranked differently year to year. The auction runs for several hours. More than 100 items are auctioned off one by one. The reserve champion, or second place bacon, sells for $100 per pound, $900 for the whole thing. Then, Bailey's bacon is up. She strides around the room in her blue FFA jacket, weaving between the seats, bacon in hand, showing off the product to possible buyers. Last time she had a grand champion bacon, she got $250 per pound. This year, $425. You say $500 per pound for Bailey's bacon. The bacon weighed in at six and a half pounds, totaling around $3,300 for Bailey. This is a new record for the auction. It takes her a while to process what just happened. No, I actually did not expect $500 a pound. That was incredible. I feel pretty awesome right now. As a senior, this is Bailey's last auction. But the experience, raising the pigs and turning them into grand champion bacon, has taught her some valuable lessons. It's honestly a great thing to get into because it also shows you a lot of responsibility for outside of school and environment and stuff like that. It is definitely a great impact on kids that they need to do. The money from the auction goes directly to the students who cover all the costs of raising an animal, from the feed to processing at the slaughterhouse. And those expenses start when the student first picks out a pig which they pay for out of pocket for around a dollar a pound. <laughs> the making of a grand champion starts in late August. It's a warm, clear day when the 21 students from Magnolia High School participating in the 52nd Ham, Bacon, and Egg Show pick out their pigs. This happens at the same 4-H camp in New Martinsville where the auction is held. A farmer from Ohio has brought a selection here on a large livestock trailer. The students circle around and peer in to see which of the cute, slightly stressed out pigs they want to take a chance on. This is Austin Stillwagner's first time working with a pig, but he already seems to have a strategy. Well, he's broad through the back, he's long, which gave him a good bacon, he's deep through the stomach, but whenever you pick him, you want to pick him for your bacon, because you can't shape a bacon, you can shake a ham. Austin is a freshman, and he hopes to follow in Bailey Fayad's footsteps with mentorship from Bailey's dad, now that she's aged out of the program. While this is Austin's first time selecting a pig, this isn't his first time raising livestock. He's actually worked with Jim Fayad before, raising cows for the county fair. Jim's helped me with my steers and everything else. I got grand champion steer this year. He's helped me with all of it. He's helped me with the feed, how to raise it, how to break it. He's helped me with it all, and he asked me if I wanted to do a pig, and I told him, yeah. 
Austin and the other students select their pigs at around 170 pounds and are expected to raise them until they're around 270 pounds. As the students make their selection, their families or mentors herd the pigs onto smaller trailers and head home. While Austin is strategizing about his first pig, ham, bacon, and egg show veteran Libby Yader chooses her pig a little more nonchalantly. Honestly, whichever one you can get first. Libby is a senior at Magnolia High and has gone through the program three times. Last year, she made a big mistake that she won't make again, naming the pig. But this year, I don't think I am because I got pretty attached to them. They're like little dogs. They followed me around. You scratch their belly, they would roll over. They would play in the mud. They would run around. They would carry things in their mouth to you. Although they wouldn't take any treats from me, which kind of made me mad. That is hard for some students. Usually, it's not that big of an issue. But when it comes up, the instructors try to dissuade students from naming their pigs. Sometimes the instructors suggest naming them after products the pigs will become. A popular choice? Pork chop. Another challenge that students face is not having enough land for the pigs. That's where mentors like Jim Fayette come in. He's letting high schooler Austin Stillwagner board his pig at his farm. Fayette says he wanted to be involved because he didn't get this kind of opportunity when he was young. I lived in the country, but um, never got involved in FFA or anything like that. But I enjoyed being involved with animals and everything. I always wanted to test my limits with those animals and, and, you know, be hands-on and everything. Fayad and his wife ended up buying the small farm where they live today. I wanted to try to get my daughter and, and my son involved. I was able to, you know, do that with her and teach her the things that I did know, and we learned together also. His farm is host to several high schoolers' pigs. It's off a dirt road tucked deep in the heart of Wetzel County, surrounded by tall trees. The place looks like your typical small-scale farm. There is an open pig pen surrounded by a wooden fence with a small shed, which provides shade on hot days. The farm sits on a slight hill, which Austin explains could help him produce a grand champion. You'd imagine pig farm flat and all that, which, yes, you want it flat. That way it's easier for you. But if you have it on a hill, you can build their hams, make them bigger, get less fat off of them give you a better ham for show. The slope helps build up a better ham on the pig, in the same way a Stairmaster builds up the legs on a person. Overall, a month into raising his pig, Austin says it's much easier than he expected. Me doing cows, I'm out there every day, so I thought this would be the same thing. I'm out here every day with them, checking their feed, checking their water, everything. But Jim showed me that with a gravity feeder and a self-water, I don't have to be out here every day. It's still good to come. A gravity feeder automatically refills the trough with food, which allows Austin to be a little more hands-off. Over the next few weeks, he will continue coming out to the farm to check on the feed, water, and make sure the pigs haven't dug themselves a tunnel out of their pen, which has been known to happen. By early October, all the pigs make their target weight, between 270 and 300 pounds with no breakouts reported. The students bring their noticeably larger pigs back to the 4-H camp. The families come one by one, dropping off their now portly pigs. The animals are loaded up onto another trailer like kids going on a field trip. The pigs are noticeably more stressed out. 
It's hot in the large metal trailer, and they might have a sense of what happens at their next destination, the slaughterhouse. For Libby Yader, this is bittersweet. Well, I'm not really sad that I don't, I, I don't have to take care of a pig anymore. It's nice because the pig poop kind of smells pretty bad, but they were nice pigs this year. She did not end up naming her pig this year. She tried, but none of the names stuck. It's the halfway point for the FFAers. Pig raising is finished. Meat processing starts on Monday. When we come back, we'll learn about West Virginia's career and technical education program. Where experiential learning meets the classroom, or... Where Green Acres meets the Dead Poets Society. You're proud of that, aren't you? So proud. But first... Hi, it's Melissa. And if you're looking for another great podcast from the South, then you have to check out No Small Endeavor, produced by our friends at Great Feeling Studios and PRX. Each episode, award-winning professor and Nashville native Lee C. Camp merges the worlds of philosophy, theology, the arts, and more to ask the question, how can we live a good life while nourishing the soul? Plus, it's the only show I know that features everyone from legendary actor and filmmaker Rob Reiner to Southern activist and author Anthony Ray Hinton. So go ahead, follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and tell them Gravy Said Hey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's Saturday morning with your family, and you're in charge of breakfast. Everybody wants their egg cooked a different way, of course, but all agree on bacon as the side. But the eggs will be no problem, because you own Lodge's cast iron bacon and egg griddle. It has a divided three-compartment design and a pour spout on the griddle side to help you drain and save that valuable bacon grease. This made-to-order breakfast will be easy. As the oldest American manufacturer of cast iron cookware, Lodge knows a thing or two about quality. Lodge's bacon and egg griddle, the third and latest item in the Lodge Cast Iron Legacy Series, may be purchased online at lodgecastiron.com. For their commitment to quality cookware and their longtime support of the Southern Foodways Alliance, we thank them. Most students who compete in the Wetzel County Ham, Bacon, and Egg Show couple their real-world experience with work in the classroom. Participants take advantage of a high school curriculum with classes like Fundamentals of Animal Processing and Animal Processing for Retail. These courses are in addition to math, science, history, and English and are part of West Virginia's Statewide Career and Technical Education Program, or CTE. The goal of the program is to give students access to a simulated workplace and a taste of different kinds of careers they may want to go into after high school. While not everyone who goes through this program will end up getting a job in agriculture, 
Magnolia High School instructor Scott Ash says students can still learn a lot. Well, every, every person is a consumer, so they're going to go to the grocery store and buy meat. So that's one of the most important things um, is to, to know where your food comes from. And that's especially important for kids who didn't grow up on farms. Since we have a lot of kids that live in town or that won't ever really live on a farm or may not be directly related to agriculture, the main thing we focus on is at least um, getting them around it and just just seeing you know what it's all about. The CTE programs are also about helping keep students in school. According to the West Virginia Department of Education, in 2018, the graduation rate for students involved in CTE programs was 8% higher than the overall graduation rate. So making bacon is helping keep kids in school. And it's part of a long tradition in the county. I started FFA when I was in high school, and that was in the 19, graduated in 1993. Amanda Yater is Libby's mom. She's also been mentoring her through the program, which has changed a lot since she was in it. There are larger crowds at the auction and higher bids, but the biggest change is the new meat lab at Magnolia High School. The three-year-old lab is reminiscent of a chemistry lab, but with bandsaws instead of Bunsen burners. When we did it, we didn't have the meat labs. Um, we did ours at home. Usually we had that they were like like back how they used to do in the old days, like they were out in an outbuilding. You had to do a lot of the process at home. During deer season, meat processing students can earn the school extra money by turning deer carcasses into specific cuts of venison. The lab is also where the students preparing for the ham, bacon, and egg show work on their products. I think they have it made a heck of a lot easier than we did because they have it all right there. The lab looks like a commercial butcher shop. It's immaculately clean. There's three walk-in coolers, a bandsaw, a meat grinder, and stainless steel tables for breaking down meat. After her pig is slaughtered, Libby Yater gets it back, cut in half with its head removed. She wears an apron and moves around the meat lab like a pro. She weighs her ham, calculates the right amount of cure to use, and scrapes bone fragments off of her pork chops. Even after doing this for four years, Libby says she's still surprised to see what it ends up looking like. When you look at it, you can't really tell like what kind of, like you can tell what kind of meat is under it, but you're never sure like how much fat is going to be on it. You don't know if like the meat is going to be okay or if, it, if they're going to cut off some. Now she has to turn the side of pork into recognizable cuts. Split off the ham, cut off the bacon, and then most of the time you just have the front shoulder and then you have the pork chops. Um, you have to cut off the ribs to get down to the bacon. For like, And then you, after that, we put the ham and the curing cooler with a mixture of salt and like brown sugar. And then we wrap the bacon in saran wrap. And we stick it in the freezer until like a later process. John Smith works with Scott Ash as an instructor in the meat lab. He shows the students how to form their cuts. I typically do one and the kids do, do the other one. So they're guaranteed to have one good one. Sometimes they like to butcher them, but it's part of the learning process. While the hams and bacons are the focus of the project, the student owns the rest of the meat that comes from the pig, like the pork chops and the ribs. Libby keeps hers to enjoy later. Others sell them to private buyers. Austin Stillwagner feels 
pretty good about what he's gotten back from the slaughterhouse. The hams were very, very well built. The bacons were very well shaped and they're thick and long. So I have a lot to choose whenever I go to cut and choose where I want my line to be. That's the line of lean meat that runs throughout the bacon. The less the line is broken by fat, the higher the bacon tends to score with judges at the auction. For the next few months, Austin and Libby's hams will cure in the cooler. Eventually, they'll be hung after a certain amount of time. How much time is part of the school's tightly guarded process. It's one of the few things that changes from school to school. The students enter their hams and bacons into both the county and state shows. But generally, they want to keep the higher quality one for the local sale. That's where they'll probably make more money. Austin says he's aiming high. I'm kind of just hoping for the best on this one, seeing it's my first one. But, I mean, that's what everybody does. Everybody shoots for the highest. Remember, the Bacon Queen Bailey Fayad's Grand Champion product sold for around $3,300 at the last ham, bacon, and egg show. It's expensive because people aren't just paying for an ideal ratio of fat to lean. They're supporting the future of their community students. The bids are friendly competition, sometimes even between two members of the same family. Wetzel County Assessor Scott Lemley bought that $3,300 slab of bacon at the most recent show. Well, as a student at Hunter High School, I was involved with the Vocational Agriculture and FFA program, and I raised hogs both for the state fair and uh, the ham, bacon, and egg show. So I knew what kind of work went into it as far as a student and um, how much money you invest in it, time you invest in it. Lemley competed his first two years of high school. He even got a grand champion bacon his first year. He remembers who bought it at auction roughly two decades ago. Each year, the Wetzel Chronicle does a big spread about the show with photos of the buyers and the student producers. Lemley, who has spent more than $20,000 on the ham, bacon, and egg show since 2004, remembers a joke the former editor of the Wetzel Chronicle made at one of the auctions. One of the ham and bacon shows, uh, when Amy Witchie was editor of the Wetzel Chronicle, she said, you know, I can put your obituary in the paper for like 20 bucks. Since the students get to keep the money from the sale of their pigs, they can choose to use it towards whatever they want. Usually, they reinvest it into the next year's pig. But when Lemley was a student, he did something a little different with his money. Well, the money that I've honestly made, I still have invested in the bank and a CD. So in a way, it taught me money management skills. Many of the students that have come up to me throughout the year said, you know, well, you've helped pay for my first semester of college, or I'm going to be able to do this uh, to advance my education, whether it be college or a technical program. Another major buyer is the Wileyville Volunteer Fire Department. It hosts a ham and chicken dinner every year using hams from the sale. The fire department buys one ham, but most of the meat they cook up is donated by other winning bidders. For $10, diners can try the hams for themselves, an absolute steal compared to auction prices. For some, this is like an after-school job. It's a way to make some money. For others, like Austin, they take a lot of pride knowing they can raise a pig or a steer that will feed others. I've grown up with my uncle, my dad, and my grandpa. They, that's all we've ever done. We bale hay, grow crops, raise beef. That's all we've ever done. I just love the feeling I can give back to others, and I can still make money while I'm doing it. 
Farming is a family tradition for Austin, but he's just learning how to do it on his own. I just love the feeling of having animals. I love animals. I love the feeling I can butcher something, feed others, and just give back that what animal I raise can give back and feed another family. But before he follows in his family's footsteps, he's anxious to see how his pig does at this year's auction. And the next three. That was Corey Nollinger reporting. This episode was produced and edited by Wilson Sayer. Additional editing by Danielle Irby. We thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music and Jazar for our donor music. Managing editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is Sarah Camp Milam. Mary Beth Lassiter is our publisher. She's sitting right there. Enjoy listening to Gravy so much that you want to attend an event? Join us March 28th in Birmingham, Alabama for our Spring Symposium. Expect a deep dive into the future of the restaurant. One day of smarts and great food. (laughs) How will they get tickets, John T.? Visit southernfoodways.org to learn more. And while you're there, become a member. If you're already a member, make a donation. We need your dollars to thrive. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. Thanks for letting us pour some gravy in your ear.